0: Hi, my name is Patty, and welcome to 30-ish Going On 13. This podcast is my personal journal where I rant, rave, and ramble about my dating experience in Singapore as a 30-ish-year-old woman with mental and emotional capacity of a 13-year-old girl. In each episode, you can expect possibly vague details about my dates, no matter how far and few in between they are unorganized thoughts on relationship articles i happen to read or tweet and hopefully more helpful chats with folks from my amazing support system whom i have sought wisdom from thanks for joining me again and i hope you enjoy hi everyone thanks again for listening to another episode i it's been a while since I recorded, and I guess for a lot of reasons I'm the I felt like my last episode was a very interesting conversation, and I wasn't I have to admit I wasn't sure if I could top that. Uh, the perfectionist, or at least the very small competitive portion of me, just didn't think I kinda jumped the shark on that one. But I guess this week has made me realize that doing this is still a form of catharsis for me, and as I mentioned, even if I'm not dating as much or at all, there are still some thoughts that, and there are still a lot of things I need to work through, and why not share it with the five people who listen, so here I am recording again. Later in the episode, I also actually had a chat with Malini. Uh We recorded outdoors, so it might be a little less great on the audio, but we had a talk about the concept of soulmates and, it's, and the one, I guess. And it was a fun conversation. I don't know if we had any solid conclusions on that, but it was just a nice little chat. I hope you guys enjoy that later on. So April's state of affairs were only a, maybe like one plus week left in the month but I have to say it hasn't been the most productive in terms of the actual dating. I have been very distracted by not just work but delusions of what could have what could be. Let's just say I was getting complacent to put myself out there. I'm still on Bumble and I've had more conversations, I suppose, with people. One of those conversations, a lot of them fizzle out, to be honest. Some of them are really funny, wherein they go, so do you like to have fun? And I'm like, I know what fun is a connotation for. It's a connotation for sleeping around. And I'm like, you mean... And so I just, I kind of directly answer it with like, you mean casual sex? And this person answered yes. And unmatched. It's funny because like, I could possibly give it like a more flirty or whatever. I'm so bad at small talk. that, And so bad at flirting on these chats that none of them truly progress into anything. But, you know, I guess we live, we learn. So there's that. There's Bumble. Still... Maybe chatting with one or so folks, and I don't know if it'll ever result in a date, but hey, maybe next month when I update you again, or maybe it won't. April had me reconnecting with folks from the past and and the present, I suppose. So not really reconnecting. Reconnecting with the past and sort of connecting more with people in the present. And for those in the past, I guess... I had misjudged how over things I was, how how I had moved on. And I guess it's, it's not a bad thing, but it's just more of like a confirmation. The way things panned out after reconnecting uh, kind of reassured me that it's okay to not be over something. But at the same time, It was a good call on my end to have made a decision back then. With things in the present, the distraction, rather, has made me... It's been like a safety blanket of sorts. Wherein, it's not even the promise of dating. It's just this constant companion who has not made any intentions known. I guess I'm just deriving... Some sort of pleasure from having a constant it's a friend let's be honest right but until they say they're interested or that they want more they aren't and I think I need to either distance myself or at least get less attached to the distraction because the more invested I get in this distraction the more moves away from distraction territory into like the main event and let's be honest it's probably already in the main event view right now and so if i wanted this year to be more productive i probably shouldn't focus on things that aren't giving me the return on the investment that i'm giving it sounds very contractual it's not it's it's a good friendship but that's probably all it is so yeah that's april (laughs) It's not all bad. I think this is also making me realize that I also have not focused enough on myself these this past couple of weeks. I think I need to get back into making even more time for myself, or at least less time with the distraction. Yeah, not bad. I'll see you guys in May. I think this week it's funny because I wasn't even going to discuss this, but... Given that the next segment kind of talks about soulmates, I actually read uh, this article by Jonathan, well, an interview with Jonathan Van Ness of Queer Eye. I love the Queer Eye guys. Let's. I mean, I can digress and go off topic and just talk about this on and on and on. Strugs to Funk is my favorite catchphrase from that thing, but he had an interview. Okay, let's go back. He had an interview with the New York Magazine, one of my, my still... Dream employer, and the, one, the question there, there, was, there were two questions. One was, you're the only single one in the Queer Eye group. What is that like? And I love his answer, because he said, it makes me acutely aware of how many 14-year-old girls want to be my best friend. Okay, I think it was a nice deflection, but also like it made me super interested in the way the media handles it, and that they bother to even bring it up. And at the same time, the way he answers it. I also find myself to be at least in some f- some f- you know circle of friends, the only single girl in my childhood friends, high school friend. This is one friend group. I am the only single girl, and I'm the only girl who's never been in a relationship. In some friend groups, I am the fifth wheel in Singapore. And though people don't ask me this point blank to my face why I'm single it I ask myself I ask myself I have that fixation on why I'm single I like the way Jonathan answers it in the sense that he doesn't care that he's single maybe he does but at least in the interview he focuses instead on the other points rather than the fact that in a group he's the only one who's single I think I need to get away from that mindset. That in my groups, or at least in the close groups of friends that I have, I'm the only one who is single. And maybe even within my family, I'm the only one who hasn't been in a relationship. Of course, my little sister doesn't count because she is younger than me. And although that isn't an arbitrary rule, it's just funny that I am, out of the six siblings... I'm the only one, or at least considering I'm the second child, I still haven't been in one. And child three, four, and five have, well, those are my brothers, so I guess I don't know if that counts. So yeah, I guess that's one point I self-reflect and why am I so fixated? It's because it's never happened. The second question is also interesting, because they say, I ask because one thing people love about the show is how it explores the ways that men can have intimacy and love in their lives outside romantic partnerships. To which, Jonathan Van Ness replies, Yes, I call this the sex and the city syndrome. We all think that we need that connection, that all-encompassing love so deep that a mountain or the ocean would be jealous. But connection does come in so many forms. I really want to break this answer up because it just, it kind of blew my mind. The Sex in the City Syndrome, I, I, I've I watched the series. I wouldn't say I'm like a super duper fan, but I do like the series. And I guess it's like one big rom-com, right? The rom-com syndrome, the rom-com heroin syndrome, wherein I think I am, I, I hope I'm the lead star in my the movie of my life. And in that movie, I want that happily ever after. And I know at 30, maybe it's not yet, maybe at 31, (laughs) at 31, maybe it's not yet time for my happily ever after. But what about like that first try, right? Or at least that first try of a relationship? The Sex and City Syndrome makes me think that, you know, am I the Carrie who will forever focus on that big love? Or am I the Samantha who is fucking around? No, probably not. Am I the Charlotte who's holding out for that perfect, perfect, you know, has a perfect plan and, like, plots every step of the way or am I the Miranda? And I don't know. But, yeah, I think the sex and city syndrome is something, at least I think, I'm going through. I do crave that connection. I do want that all-encompassing love. But I think I just want that constant. And... I wish I didn't have it. I don't, know. I don't know if I wish I didn't have it, but I think not having this want or not having this need would make my life so much easier. If I could only turn it off, if I could only turn off that want and that need to have that connection with that one person, which is funny because that's what the soulmate topic is about later on, but if only I could turn it off, I feel like things would be so much better because then I wouldn't be wanting this so much. So I don't know. I don't know. I like the second part that he said though, that the connection does come in so many forms, and I agree. I am not starved for connection with other in the other facets of my life. I have an amazing set of friends. I have the best family. Every I mean, I have great support systems, and that's why I'm bothered. Why is that not enough for me? Why are these connections not enough for me? How is it enough for Jonathan Deneas who is so so fabulous, Henny? But, like, why is it not enough for me? And I wish I could come to that point where I am satisfied with the connections I have. And although having, you know, there's that quote from Anna Kendrick that I saw on, like, Verily that had her saying, and it's now on my, like, letterboard. having to fight for the thing you want doesn't mean you deserve it any less. Clearly, this fight or this struggle to want to be in a relationship Is tough, but I don't think it means I deserve this any less, right? I think. Anyway, so that's me pondering this want and pondering this need and craving this. I wouldn't call it a void. I don't feel incomplete. I am totally fully functional, but it would be nice. It would be nice to have that have that connection with that someone. And with that, have a listen with my chat with Melanie about <laughs> these soulmates. It's quite fitting how this all came together this episode. Who knew so I'm here with Melanie. She's back after four episodes. I'm so happy. Thank you, Patty, for having me back on this beautiful podcast. No, you, you helped me start it all. And uh, so clearly, after a quarter of craziness, first quarter storm of my life, and attempting to, I don't know, date, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and this time, there, there isn't any alcohol just yet, but there may be, there may be, over the course of this uh, conversation, but I was messaging her uh, on my way over, were messaging, and of course, I'm late. As I want to be. But he brought up the topic of soulmates, and I thought it was quite interesting because. I don't know what she thinks about it and she doesn't know what I think about it. Yeah, this is the most unplanned, unprepared, mm-hmm. very raw content that you're gonna hear. I like it though. I think I like the spontaneity of it. There is a... I sent you an article when I was here on my way over. I don't know if you were able to read it or see it, um, but yeah, it's nice. Yeah, but so before we start
1: that, I want to give people a bit of... I guess. A little bit of context and where we are. So we're we're at this French place, which which me and my colleagues we actually call it Paris. Mm. So I think Paris is like the perfect place to talk about it <laughs> because it's um, it's a beautifully French hidden um, cafe in somewhere in the middle of the CBD, I would say, but.
0: But known um, only to a few of Really?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so you're quite lucky to have been here on the Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> so the interesting for me is that I went on Two quote unquote dates here, like maybe two years ago. Um, not with the same guy, but with two Frenchmen, of course. But hey, wait! I chose the place, so so everybody loves Paris. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was smart to bring a French guy to a French place, but hey, clearly those didn't pan out. Um, yeah, I'm back and we're eating a wonderful like lava chocolate cake. Yeah. It's like, had a much more complicated yeah. name, but we're let's call it. That's what it is. is. <laughs> it's good, it's good. So yeah, soulmates. So interesting story about soulmates. My dad calls me his soulmate. I don't know if he, he does it to like piece me. It does it mostly in teasing, we we don't we tend to clash a lot over like dumb stuff and he'll tease me so many like we're so meant to be I think we saw this book when I was a kid that had like the birthdays of Everyone's birthdays and what birthday matches for your soulmates, and it just so happened that my dad's birthday, and my birthday, were like ah. soulmate matches. I forget what book it was. One of those things you see, and I like, I don't know. Never really paid attention.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this question to me is I uh, I wondered about it since I was a kid. I think everybody, well, women always want to find the one and settle down. And growing up, I never had that. I never have the, I want to get married one day. Um, I never pictured my wedding. I still don't know what it would look like. So I'm, that, that's actually like, it was fascinating to me that all my friends around me were always doing that. It was um, not only one, they wanted five different weddings. they styled it. They'd like figured out, you know, and in India you can have many different of yeah, weddings as well. I love it. Um, they'd figured out what like occasions they were going to be, what clothes they were going to wear. Everything but the guy was, like, fixed at the age of seven,
0: you know? <laughs> you don't have a Pinterest board until now.
1: I don't have a Pinterest board. I actually don't ever articulate it as marriage. When I think about, like, settling down with someone, it's like, maybe this is, this is too much business, but it's like a partnership. <laughs> yeah, i fair. Um, sure. And, and which is why I, I think I wanted to ask you this, because you're one of the most romantic people in know. I'd be curious to understand like what was the vision when you were younger and and has that evolved like do you still see the big white dress
0: i don't see a big white dress but i see a white dress uh i think it's It's evolved over the years it's (laughs) not for sure i know my body type i don't look good and poofy. no but see i've thought about it i've thought about what i look good and do not look good when you were young um me and my cousins would she had like um, she had a she had her own laptop on a magazine like, so, And it was so fancy that she would make us like wedding invites. It's <laughs> <is> so cute. <laughs> we never printed it, it was all just on a computer. I think we printed it on like bond paper. It's so like things oh, right. we did. So I didn't think of it, but not necessarily in the context of there is just that one person. You're meant to be with. I guess. I think that's what it's defined as. This soul yeah. that they're meant to be. Yeah. I don't know. I as I, I grew the, up, the one or the her one exactly. One. What, I don't know what that is. So as I grew older, even if that was my past, and you you are right. I am probably one of your most romantic friends, which I think is love. It's yeah, but I think I consider myself like a romantic pragmatist in the sense that I am romantic, but I'm also practical about it. Like it's logically impossible I think that there's just one person in this world of billions, bazillions, that is <laughs> meant for you so I think it's evolved from the one to the one at the right time because it's all timing also I think. I don't know. So I had a really really wise friend. Uh, Clearly once. not me. <laughs> no
1: that you are one of my many wise friends. <laughs> well, so this, this, is, this is interesting because it's, it's a male friend who is you know one day just contemplating this idea with me a little bit more. And he had a perspective that I think like it's not the way I would have articulated, but it resonated with me immediately. And he said, you know Mali, what if there is no one person that you're meant to be with? But what if there's one for each stage of your life like what if there's the one first love the one who's the mother of your kids the one that you hold and and for some it's the same but for some others it's different because um, and I add I add this last part at the end the reason it could be different for some of us and not, and for others it could be the same person sometimes it's also how many times you try to change yourself like If I look back at my life, I've had these dramatic shifts at age 21, at age 27, and as I had these shifts, like I was changing something about myself, I was changing where I was going to live, or I was changing what I was going to do, and I I, I had, it was very much driven from the inside, like there was no external driver's list, and as I changed these things, I found also that I had to then let go of the partners that I had for that phase because they were no longer, um, right maybe, or that. right or wrong, Serve I don't know, the but, but they were no longer sort of in tandem with what I was expecting. Um, so I wonder, I wonder if, if this is a lot more stable for some people and a lot more shifty for others because of what they're putting their own selves
0: through. But no, no, no. I, it's an interesting theory or an interesting perspective to it because actually, what I was gonna say also is that I, I don't know if I brought it up with you last week or so, but I was reading about not reading or thinking about can that one person be everything for you, like, um. like. In that sense it's similar to what you said there's a, a person the person for you at different stages of your life but also is there a person who can serve all your needs right like to be your best friend your lover your confidant your coach your whatever and so I think it's it would be great if it was all the same person and they all say say they all that one person was able to fulfill all those purposes or all those needs but I think it's also a lot of pressure on that person to expect them to be everything for you, and I think for me, or at least, the belief of a soulmate kind of like it fulfills all of those, and it just it just sounds too too much. Is that because
1: yeah. we ask less of people you? I wonder. I, as you set up, I had two thoughts. Okay. One from the pure logical part of my brain going. That's terrible portfolio diversification. Exactly. You know, you depend on one person for everything. what if they're not there? Tomorrow? What happens to you then?
0: You know? I mean um, all this is all in context of course of you being self-sufficient and you you not being you being complete. You being I mean in a healthy perfect world. Sure. If you're complete, yes, but then you not depend society, but you consider like this person your best friend, your lover, other. Et etc. Yeah.
1: And, and and as we know, people change, they have different thoughts sometimes their path takes them away maybe for a few months, maybe for a few years maybe forever, you know um, and that's so, so that, was, that was my first yeah. instinct it was it, it, it kind of primal to like, the way I've thought about this a lot of time, I don't necessarily want to depend on just the one um, for more than um, and, I, and I, I think maybe I seconded too much my needs in that sense but the second thought that I had as that is just this definition of the soulmate, like, it's interesting that you, your father considers you a soulmate. Yeah. In that sense, it's, it's not a romantic yeah. notion at all. Exactly. Like, I, I don't know why we project it onto a romantic partner. Like, That's what true. if your soulmate is is your parent or your sibling or your friend? And, and why must we try to put that much pressure on, on a romantic relationship to deliver
0: on this aspect? Come on. Completely agree. I think, I mean, rom-coms are to blame and media and everything (laughs) else, but I agree. I think soulmates can be many different people, not necessarily just someone in a romantic relationship with you. And it's just interesting that that was the initial, I mean, when you say soulmate at first, it's it's always like, when you go to weddings, yeah, when you go to weddings, you're like, yeah, I married my soulmate, which is not necessarily that, yeah. It's it's strange (laughs) indeed. I so I'm on the fence on it. I don't disagree that it exists, but I think it's just a matter of how we define it. And you know, not saying that there's just one soulmate. Not saying that. In the same way that you know all the great loves, I guess. Like you don't just. I just don't think it's logical that there's just one person in this entire world that you're quote unquote meant to be with, or is supposed to help you fulfill your spiritual journey. so on and so
1: forth. Yeah, I think was, I will be. What I will be really curious to understand is for the people who did find that one person from um, from a younger age, you know, you always have these people who marry like their high school love or, That's, their, yeah, um, or, or the person they dated in underdog. Um, I wonder if they're also fundamentally different from. In what they're looking for from a romantic partner, then the people who don't find that early enough. That's, I mean. I, this is like the academic. No, it's
0: true, it's true. I think, as you, of course, when you go through life stages, you evolve as a person, and the needs become either more and more or less and less, depends really on the personality. And definitely, if you are together with your high school boyfriend or your college boyfriend, and you end up marrying, after like what, four to eight years yeah. of a relationship, you grew up together essentially, and so either your needs evolve together, and you're able to satisfy that, or you're in like you're stuck there. I don't think they. I don't think they're. Maybe some are, but I hope that they evolve together. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, maybe it's
1: how in, in how formative a stage that you start coexisting.
0: That's true. Them, you know. No, I mean I'm also I don't. I don't think that I was definitely mature enough to be in a legitimate relationship back when I was in high school. I don't think I'm still mature enough now. (laughs) But, I mean, I still want to try. I don't think I was in an emotional or mental state that I would have been a rational girlfriend or something. I guess. I don't know. I think I tell myself that as well because it's the only rationalization for me for not still having had it, that maybe I'm just still not ready. But, yeah, I don't think... Clearly, I hope I didn't meet my soulmate back then, otherwise they got away, or whatevs, but given that I don't believe in that, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter that maybe, maybe I've yet to meet them, maybe I've met them, maybe... I don't know. It's a strange concept. It's hard to reconcile with what kind of think and what you think is rational yeah. versus what you get fed, and what others also person us. And I mean, I think this is us. To,
1: I would say, we're but later in life. We're about thirty years old. We're. I'm
0: thirty-one. You are 30. not. You are not there, yet. there. <laughs> You're heading there. Not yet. There.
1: Um, we're we're rationalizing this. and We have enough support system to rationalize, as we clarify our thought process. Mm. But I just really wonder, like. If this concept puts a lot of pressure on people much younger, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if like younger kids
0: believe it these days, honestly.
1: I, I don't know what they believe. But uh, like, I always yeah. see all this, you know, uh, all of my old home sister. and who's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who's breaking up with whom and, and and all the like hysteria around it, even at at a celebrity level. Channing Tatum, <laughs> I think, was the latest so, one that fell off. The... Yeah, and then the I've been listening only to the weekend album. Which is—is is it about Selena? Is it about Bella Hadid? Like I've just oh. been like, there's all these countries. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm so, I am
0: super. You see how, how much, cu- much more curious I like, got. Oh, this is my jam, girl. I'm so I'm shocked you broached it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Malini. Yeah, I'm, I have I have patties full of interest. Yeah. Also, I've been looking at that. No, not <laughs> even. Just, looking
1: around to see if there are any I beautiful been, men around. I'm them.
0: looking at you. All eyes on you. No, no, but.
1: I think the fascination
0: with it. I don't know if, like, I ask my little sister. She's what yeah. nine years younger Yeah, I'd love to get her comments on this, yeah, um, Paula. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for providing the artwork, but also now your your uh, your opinion is yeah, needed. Yes, we'd love
1: to hear from you. Paola. Yeah, let's try to.
0: I'll try to do a call with you. No, but really, I mean, I don't know if it evolves as either from an older generation or a younger generation. But at least our generation, I feel, was super influenced. By cinema because we're kind of pre-internet we grew up without it but kind of got into it when yeah so it's different i don't know how the internet kids these days view all of this
1: yeah. so on one hand i feel like <laughs> how do you stop laughing i keep repeating this so we get it perfectly <laughs>
0: we're cutting this out no we're not <laughs>
1: Um, what was I saying? Um, so, um, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had look to... Look, Okay. <laughs> Looking for cute guys <laughs> here. Um, on one hand, I feel like love is so commoditized. Like, you see... I mean, you can find it on an app. You can find it, you know, for the night. There's so many versions of it. There's so many memes about it. Like, it, I think it's never... Probably this word has never been devalued as much in the history of this word as it has been today. Be. At least that's the way I feel about it. But on the other hand, I also feel like you see the actual impact of a lot of things that have been happening over the past years, right? Love, multi love is getting more and more complex but more and more common. Um, you see, you see, especially here where we are in Singapore, like you did, I did, everybody around us dates, people from different cultures. Which we, I love. Which is wonderful, but yeah. it's also challenging. Oh, sure. you're trying to demystify so in that sense we're almost building a more complex love if you will right? oh. you're trying to, uh, God you're trying damn to it. <laughs> shoot for something a lot harder than what um, our parents or um, you know our friends back home are even
0: trying to do that's true know. I never actually thought of it as like, like because of we date here and how we're not of the same culture or race or nationality is that it does add it, i try not to think of it it never occurred to me until you brought it up now that it does add a layer of complexity yeah and yeah. i think it's beautiful i mean i
1: think it's it's it goes as part it's part and parcel of like being globalized and we want it for our careers we want it in our outlook we want it for our travel i mean you must possibly then if you want all these things also want to explore it as love okay. So it seems very logical to me, but it also feels sometimes when like you're, you're adding a layer of complexity and, and in a very beautiful way. Like I, don't, um, I don't mean to say anything negative about it. Um, and you also see, on the other hand, like the impact of the lack of that. Like the other day, I was, what was I did, I? did I send you that article? I was reading that, that like now in Japan, older women are starting to go to prison just to have some company.
0: No. Yeah. a
1: commit a crime and then get picked up and go to prison, or you have all these like hugging machines, or, or people who hug you, or, and you can rent
0: a friend in Japan. Yeah.
1: yeah. That, and in Japan is probably an indication of what is to come all over the world, right? Like they're they're far ahead um, of the rest of human race in terms of what technology or like sort of even. Thinking outside of the box can do to a friend, Um, but if that's what we have lined up for us, watch out. It's it's kind of like like the lack of love or the lack of finding the love that that was defined um, for you by your parents or your society. um, Kind
0: of leads you there. (laughs) Have you watched? Yeah. Have you watched like her or like uh, her by Spike Jones? I think. Wait, wait, the what's, the, what's the plot line? The plot line uh, Sorry for spoilers. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's alright. I think this is like the wiki, um, other of it. Up, so I think it starts with King Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And he falls in love with like an AI voice. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know if you've seen it, but it feels like very futuristic. Oh, ah, okay, like,
1: okay, yeah. okay. I haven't seen
0: that. I've seen yeah. the other one
1: where her name becomes a robot. Okay, please cut all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Scarlet becomes her robot. But that's the other one. Like, she keeps taking, like, she goes to China, something happens where she comes back and she's, she's, like, ha- using 100% of her brain. Wow. Um, is it ultraviolet? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, please. Okay. <laughs> this, no, is, this is actually this the more terrible, fun part of it. Terrible, the... terrible pop culture. No, no, no but, but I, I think really...
0: it's, like, coming from what you were saying about, like, the future of how love may be in the future, Feels very Black Mirror in a sense where, yeah. I mean, I don't doubt Japan is trailblazing or rather, like, speeding towards the edge of the cliff but it sounds a little bleak I don't know if I want to commit a crime to just hang out with people exactly (laughs) find your soulmate. exactly but also there that it does happen and that is a reality yeah it's a little scary yeah that's, that's that's
1: I guess that to me is the interesting contrast because on one hand it's available in plenty like, yeah. it's on the ads, it's in your face, it's on the dating, millions of ads of dating sites that you get on pretty much any media that, yep. that you're on nowadays. Oh, yeah. um, Including Instagram. Yeah, so I know, Instagram that? keeps what's telling me
0: either do dating.com
1: or, like, this inner, inner circle. circle. <laughs> I'm like,
0: like i, I yeah. I'm like, I have not swipe right for this, mm-hmm. can you please not? Yeah, it's, it's, it's freaky how much Insta knows about our dating. Oh, no, for sure. No, I think it's because they see that we have apps installed in our homes. I assume Okay,
1: we're gonna get into that horrible data privacy topic that's been going on But but yes So on one hand, it's it's cheap and easy to find And on the other hand, it's not lasting And then leading to all these chaotic Wow, this is like the best. Yeah, this this got I, I'm you I'm yeah.
0: No, 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 no. I, I, it's super interesting, though. We're not even drunk yet. Yeah, it's... and we started, with but soulmate. We are which, like, yeah. like, which was to like <laughs> <laughs> Well, not really. I think. It, I mean, it depends on perspective of it. I, I I actually really like that counterpoint, and I think it's finding that happy ground in the middle of it being over commoditized. yeah <laughs> On the other end, it's putting like, destruction or just it being kind of bleak. Wow. I don't know. I think I need to order, like, a bottle of wine or
1: something. <laughs> Let's call it. Let's call On that yeah. bleak note. On that bleak note. Uh, uh, maybe Paola can add some maybe. perspective no, and yeah. hope and optimism to this podcast. But I think, I
0: think <laughs> despite the bleakness, I still am, and despite my pessimism over finding of the one. I'm kind sort of hopeful, in a strange way, that maybe there is a person, not the person, maybe there is a person out there who, in the right time for me, will fulfill a need that I have, maybe not all my needs, but majority or the most relevant needs at that life stage, and if I'm lucky enough for that person to be with me for a prolonged period of time then great and yeah would that person be my soulmate maybe maybe at that point I can be like yeah this person is my soulmate but if not then I'll come find you we'll go to prison <laughs> together in Japan and we'll be fine we'll be but that's the hope <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think I'd really like to hear your thoughts on Soulmates and finding the one. You can tweet at me, 30ish going on 13, or you can reach me via email, fangirlinterrupted at gmail.com, or just message me because the five of you know how to get in touch with me. I'd really love to hear what you guys think about Soulmates. Thanks again to Melanie for joining me this time around, and thanks again to everybody who has stuck around despite the sporadic nature of the releases of these things. Subscribe? Share? I don't know, I never really did this portion, but maybe I should. I'll see you guys next time. Ciao!